Good evening, ladies and gentlemen and creatures of the night. Welcome to the Hourglass of Isabella. I'm joined by the marvellous Michael Corvus. <laughs> I'm happy to be here as always. And what are we going to be discussing tonight? Trains. 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 We know this is going to be the most invigorating podcast we've ever done. No two ways about it, because who doesn't love trains? Bar none. Everyone loves trains. Who, as a kid... <laughs> did not play with a train set? Who did not point at one point in their life see a little train set sitting around a Christmas tree going round and round and round? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know. I had lots of train did sets. Did you have those? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I, did. No, no. I would engineer lovely train catastrophes around the Christmas would tree. Would you? Yeah, I know. It's a lot of fun because you can reset those. <laughs> there's, there's no actual cost for that. <laughs> That's hilarious. I actually feel like this will be a pretty well-received podcast, and I have two reasons for this. One is, you know, growing up in the UK, at least for the European visitors and listeners to this podcast, you know, we always use trains. Like, in our daily life, it's it's, it's every daily life in England, it's like a day-to-day thing. Like, you get up, and if you go to work, there's a high chance you might get on a train. If you're going to university, you get on a train. If you want to avoid congestion charges in London, you get on a train. And so trains are a natural day-to-day part of our existence, mm. and very ingrained from a young age as this fun, exciting, but normal thing. In America, however... In America, you guys don't use trains as much. It doesn't well, okay, mean you don't okay. have so, trains. So, I mean, yeah, not as much probably per capita or per per space. Okay, so like uh, recently, you and I went on a train. Let and me I, say for passengers. For passengers. Well, no, 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 no. You have a lot of freight trains. Right, freight freight trains. Okay, so like, let me correct the record on something. Okay, do I love to like, hear? Yeah, you, uh, you, we we took a train. You and I took a train trip to New Orleans recently. Did you like I, it? Oh, I loved it. And and I said this is the first time I'm on a train. Okay, I should have corrected myself. This is the first time on my train for distance or an Amtrak train. Okay, but I've been on many trains that go from this it's community to. Trains? No, 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 like this community to that community, like subways or the L in Chicago or whatnot. Yeah, the underground or whatnot. So it's like, as far as like basic commuting over, you know, short, short distances. So I think we can agree there's different types of trains, right? There are. So today, let's put a focus on this because we could talk about trains for hours. I could, at least, easily. Let's put a focus on. Passenger and luxury trains. Let's do that. And as you brought it up, let's talk about Amtrak first, which is an American passenger train. It's really the only one still operating in America, unfortunately. I believe you so, guys yeah. did for a short period of time have an Orient Express over here that is no longer in operation. It was in the two thousands that that went away. That's unfortunately, right. it was a shame I think for America. But I did not hear, quite Orient, not quite an Express. Right, I but. did hear though recently that Orient, not the Orient Express, but Amtrak is planning on bringing back luxury rail cars in some capacity to a modern audience. And I thought, how fun would that be? If they actually do that to restore some older rail cars and make them accessible. But yes, you and I went on Amtrak. As Amtrak, I think we, we had a what kind of car did we have on the way down? We had a we we had a smaller one on the way down and a larger one on the way back. Are you talking about the rims? Yes. Okay, so we we had this 
two different kind. Well, there's technically three different kinds of spaces available to release. There's the just seat. the seat. There's the seat, yes. Right. Which like you, like what you would find on an airplane. You uh, three abreast, four abreast, what he, have hear you. Hear me out. Here's here's the positive, and I will say this for Amtrak. If you want to try going on the train in the U.S., okay, Amtrak's still a great option because if you go on a plane. You are in very compact seating. It is almost like being cattle herded into a small space. If you are even on the most basic of seating on Amtrak, you can at least recline. You've got a big, almost like an armchair seat, and you can recline it back. You're not guaranteed to have anyone sitting next to you, so sometimes you can just sleep straight across yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, everything we we uh, we we've seen like uh, cars that had like the seats in there. Mm-hmm. With a lot of space, so it's not like right. you're going to have somebody jammed into you shoulder to shoulder. And that's also not your only sleeping option, I will say, for Amtrak. They also do have beautiful observation cars, which where they're basically like a rail car that you can go in. It has big open glass windows, you can see the scenery going by. They also have um, larger seating available in those areas. And as long as it's nighttime, they don't actually frown upon you sleeping there. So in my instance, once upon a time, I was going with some friends of mine and um, we were traveling across to California, I believe. And uh, it was actually for my birthday and I ended up uh, sitting next to a chap because they assign seating sometimes. I sat next to a chap I didn't particularly like. You know, I didn't make a big scene about it or anything, so I'm generally like a polite person. But I did decide I didn't want to particularly be around this individual, so I politely got up and left my friends. They were, seat- they were seated in two seats across from me, and they were fine. And I went to the observation deck, which has multiple rows of seating. And I spent my whole day there socializing people. They have a cafe lounge car underneath that has alcohol, snacks, and food. They actually have a dining car. So where you're you on a double-decker, right? Double-decker, right. Yeah. So they, you can get everything you need. It's very similar to like the California Zephyr, which is a large double-decker silver train that runs in America, and it's great. It's honestly beautiful. So you can get your food. Everything's included. Your meal is included. In fact, they include you know, a free drink with every meal. Independent and unlimited soft drinks, which is you'd never get that on a plane these days. That's unheard of, and pretty pretty nice. And you get to meet people and actually have proper sit down seating and dining. And the steaks on there were like chef's kiss. This wasn't like plain food. Really good stuff, and very enjoyable. But yeah, I went in this observation deck and I needed to sleep. And I didn't want to sleep next to this guy or bother the conductor. And I know if I had talked to the conductor, he would have just moved me. I just didn't want to make a big scene out of it. So I actually slept in the observation car at night. Nobody bothered me. I could fully stretch out. And then in the morning, they just gently come along and say, hey, it's okay at night, but in the daytime, you have to be sitting upright. What you doing here? No, they don't say what you're doing here. They just say, you just have to sit upright. And they're very nice about it. And I was very thankful for having that space independently. So Amtrak actually does pretty good on that, you know. They were great in the past because you could bring your pets on board too if you had a dog, uh, which is kind of unique unto itself, and we're really good about that. You know, there's no... If you have anxiety about the safety check stuff when you go for an airport, they don't have that so much, and I've never had problems on there. They do have safety pamphlets. If you see something, speak up. 
because we're all in this. Something, say something. Because we're all in this together. Literally. That's what it says. We are all yeah. in this together, speaking out train, literally. I thought it's so good because you literally are. So if you see something, speak up. But that's so, Amtrak. So, so about, about the accommodations. So like uh, the, on uh, on one of our uh, first ones. We down, were in a sleep was, sleeper. Is when a sleeper. But there Which was, actually has a bed. Right. Two, actually. Yes. It's a bunk bed situation. Yeah. It was a bunk bed situation. And it was like really, really cozy. It was, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. fun. We had a, we had, we had a little, uh, <laughs> yeah. And if you want to do your business, there's bugs, you can put your laptop in, yeah. you can do some work. There's uh, this little bug bed that you could pull down. Or if you don't want to do it, you can do a cool button. Your kind of concierge will come in and do it for you and set up things. They have the blankets and pillows available. And and, and what, I, what I found, unlike uh, unlike an airplane, which I know that you have a certain amount of reticence about. I hate flying. I, I can fly an aircraft. It doesn't mean that I don't like... I don't well, like flying in one I can't control. You can pilot an aircraft. I can pilot an aircraft. I don't want doesn't to. doesn't mean you want to. <laughs> I don't want to be in the back end of a tin can pressurized at 30,000 feet that I cannot control. Yes. Right, exactly. I I think you and I did you hear about the latest 737 air crash yesterday I I, I haven't but there's a train podcast not a 737 plane crash we should have a discussion about that there's a it's still the safest way to travel apparently but um, so so I think you and I share the same thing it's a lack of control okay I don't I'm not a passenger in cars I'm not a passenger when I'm a passenger anywhere, whether it's a train or a plane, I feel a little weird. I feel less weird on a train. It's more um, social, too. It, You're not strapped it, it is, in. You can move around. You've got your own. You, can you either have your own seat, which yep. your own seat could be multiple seats, uh, or you have your own sleeper car, small, a or you have your own large cabin. And there's in a, a train. closet. And yeah. a, sometimes there's even a shower. Oh, yeah. So well, there, there's always a shower on the cars, but uh, sometimes, depending on the room you get, you can have your own little shower. Inside and, the room. And rum, which what we use roomette, as... Roomette, they call it. Roomette, yeah, which is what we used as a, you know, an excess baggage storage area. We did. We put our uh, luggage in there. So we were going to New Orleans for... It wasn't Mardi Gras, it was for Halloween. So right. we had all these costumes and ball gowns and masquerades. So we needed somewhere to put them. And I will say Amtrak accommodated well. It, it, it's, it, it's fun. Okay, so like you can hop on a plane and get someplace in three hours. You can get on a train and get there in eight hours. But the eight hours you spend, you're not confined at 30,000 feet. Nope. Uh, okay, so A... Um, you're okay. So on the on the on the software stack. Yes. Okay. You're going to save a little bit of coin by by taking a train. Yep. Two. It's cheaper. You have a lot more freedom of motion. Yes. Three. You don't have to take your shoes off and strip and consent to uh, all this oh, TSA the, stuff. The, the security stuff. Right. You get free meal, free drink, free soda. And they're good meals. Even even the one we were on. And okay, so I know the ones that you've done where you've gone like you know east to west. So the the difference was the pandemic. So that it was temporary. There, there, okay, so there's the pandemic as far as the food goes. Yeah, that's. Uh, but as far as like the double decker versus the single stack, I say that it has everything to do with like an east coast corridor versus an east west. Uh, well, like previously a, both a had north them. south on the east coast. Because the East Coast is more developed, there's more uh, uh, bridges 
where you have to go under. So you're not going to have as many double deckers on this side. Oh no! Okay. So just you know, not just not just the double deckers. All of Amtrak previously offered the great meals. All of them. Oh yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the meals are fine. What I'm talking about is the difference between like the double decker, like the the California oh, Zephyr. California Zephyr. Zephyr. Yeah, you know. And, the other one is still just as glamorous. It's, one, it's still it's still the reason why there's fewer fewer if any double deckers on this side. I think is because the congestion of construction on this side of the Mississippi. Okay. I so there, there, okay. there's lower bridges, smaller tunnels, things of that nature, which with the pre, which the pre-established uh, you know, rail lines could not negotiate. Whereas on the west, it's a little bit more opened up. That's so fast. you can. Did you look that up? I'm I, well, to to extent, I yeah, kind I of put pieces together. That's so, cool. so the reason why you see like the double decker stuff on your uh, west coast lines, right, when you're in Denver, going that yeah, way to California, because it's wide open. Because there's not uh, historically there wasn't as uh, much of a. See, I didn't know that. You've taught me something you'd say. Yeah. That's that's awesome. But let's we've, we've spent we talked about Amtrak here, and Amtrak is great. Like I cannot, and the final bit of praise I will have here, like as a solo female traveler, which sometimes can be precarious, if not difficult and stressful. And I think any um, woman listening to this who's gone through that would agree. And it doesn't matter if you're on a plane, train, or anything else, or a bus, but. Um, Amtrak was amazing like something I noticed like when you're on a plane there's a lot of just kind of shepherding around like you know you need to be at the gate you need to get in here you need to do this and that what I noticed when I was on Amtrak was just the compassion and when I was a female traveler I had like when I was a woman traveler I had a bunch of um luggage right that I needed to take on board that I needed to get because I was going to go and spend some time with some friends in California and it was heavy and I didn't want to miss the train so I had anxiety about trying to carry multiple pieces of luggage and I was trying to just haul it on myself and it doesn't matter there's two different instances one I just had a seat ticket which is you just have the seats it's like economy class if you were on a plane there was a guy, he helped me out. He was like, can I help you? He's like, and he would carry and put the luggage on board the train, even though he didn't have to in that instance because everyone else is carrying their stuff What are they board. called? Are and they... Uh, porters. And Worse. then this, the go. second instance was when I actually had a sleeper car going uh, to Riverside, California, and they specifically will put someone to cater to you. They actually make, make sure you have that. And not only did he carry my luggage, which I couldn't carry to jump over the, and jump over the gap, but um, he carried everything upstairs to rim for me, said, do you want me to put anything in storage? Even though it was super heavy, I was like, you don't have to do this. He was so fucking nice about everything and just was like, let me do this for you. And, and really awesome in terms of the staff there, like really cool. And it reminded me of a story my mum, this is back in like late 60s, in London, England, she was getting on board a train and her shoe came off. She, had, she was wearing a high heel shoe and her shoe fell Imagine off. Imagine that. It, a high heel shoe fell off. There's a gap between the platform and the train and her shoe fell off. Mind the gap. And this chap literally, he, he was working, you know, for them, but he went down, he actually grabbed and got the shoe, even though it was 
could have like really endangered him at the time but he actually did it like as a thing of goodwill and got my mum and she was like I just thought that was the nicest man I'd ever met you know so what a lovely memory to have about that and the second lovely memory I have relating to trains is we you were talking about the subway in America mm-hmm. in England we have the underground which is just this very like in World War Two, like especially we would use it as a shelter and World War One, we'd use it as like an underground air raid shelter because it was safer to be underground. Yeah, so you could actually like shelter yourself from the, the bomb raids and everything that was going on. And um, my friend's mother told me that they actually used to sleep on the railway tracks in the subway station in the underground. In wartime. In wartime, wartime. if there was a bomb threat during the Blitz in Mm. London, which is one of the... where the Germans would come and try to air raid London, they would go down because it was safer and they would sing songs to each other and they would kind of unify together and have this kind of almost beautiful experience. And she said how, like, positive it was, not negative, but people were coming together and sheltering in this place and reveling almost in... uh, like, we can beat this, we well, can do this. Well, whether you're on the underground or the channel or any of the myriad uh, tunnels that go through the Appalachian Mountains here, you ever re- uh, you ever start to wonder why they're circular as opposed to, like, you know, straight up and down, square, right angles? What do you mean? Uh, tunnels. The tunnels? They're tunnels meant to be, always, like, U-shaped, don't they? Right, tunnels are always U-shaped yeah. because that actually uh, provides the greatest amount of structural integrity. Uh, they could do. You can withstand a lot okay, of pressure right. and a okay, lot of weight. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. completely makes sense. Absolutely. So, like, that's why you have cap zones, key zones, and stuff like that. In the in the underground in the UK, they'll have this little audio they play. And if you've ever been in England, or if you're listening to this and you live in England, you'll recognise this as a voice, very comforting, quite mind the gap, mind the gap, and it's this gentleman and he's speaking his voice. It's very. It was it's a, kind of it like was, Mr. Rogers of right. England, okay? It, it was recorded so many years ago, probably but back used, in the 60s. It was used, used over and over consistently. again. He has since He's, passed. He passed away. Yeah, probably a decade plus. But and what I thought was really endearing about this story was that his wife, who is still with us, she will say every time that she misses him or something, she'll go down to the underground and she will sit there and ask her husband, he recorded the voiceover for it. And so if she misses him, she'll go down and mind the gap. And that's her husband. And it was this beautiful article about how he had inspired people inadvertently through this and become this kind of iconic British voice, like... I can't, I can't yeah. explain it very well, but it, it is beautiful. But yes, we, it, we it, it's like if you hear Mister Rogers talking to yes, you sometimes. Yeah, it's comforting. When, it's comforting, yeah, which but I think we all need in these times. What we really do have to talk about, and almost could be a second podcast at this point, because I was going to yeah. speak slow, but we are rushing through this. We're at nineteen minutes. And I'm what else do you want to talk about myself. trains? I really want to talk about the Orient Express. The Orient Express? Talk about So the Orient Express is an entirely different experience. Okay. So we have our stateside trains. We have uh, Amtrak and we had some other train lines uh, throughout the past hundred years which have uh, you know fallen along the wayside. Amtrak still exists. Um, we as a country have not really invested a lot in rail. 
You did. Um, no, that's not true. You did. It just didn't work out. No, Look no, at the Gilded Age. You invested a lot in no, 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 no. In real Recent, Recently, we have not. We have not modernized. Things. I think you should. I think you should. I bullet think we should bullet too. trains like Japan Absolutely. does. Absolutely, yeah. Bull, bullet trains. And it provides anything. jobs and infrastructure for people it, within your own country. It 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 does. Yeah. There there's. We're not going to devolve into a political discussion or whatnot. There's many reasons. Uh, why why we haven't, but we absolutely should because uh, you have something like that that we were just doing a little bit sidebar. We were doing a little bit of research about if we had a our own little caboose or a rail car. A rail car that you can attach. So a rail car. Three dollars per mile. It's three, a private. Three dollars per mile is so what, 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 what it would take. To explain it to the people listening, a rail car is basically. Imagine you have a caboose, which is a train car that you can attach to the back of Amtrak specifically, and you can only do that. You have that's the only real passenger one, so you have to do that. Mm-hmm. But previously, presidents, um, celebrities, very famous people would use this method of transportation. But imagine you have an RV that you could attach to a rail line and for three dollars a like. mile. Any way you like, and you can still buy these rail cars today. Veras, and it's unpopular to do it now. It's something I personally would love to do and am looking into. In previous years, there have been people who have done it. There's a 1927 rail car, which is now the Patron Express, which is the tequila company. Mm-hmm. It has glorious velvet furnishings. Oh, Mitchell, so wood. It's like shampoo, it's conditioner, it's own, and tequila. Yep, it's owned by Paul, who does the Paul Mitchell and Company, mm-hmm. and also... Patron is very much involved there and it has glorious velvet plush bedding, modern TVs. The kitchen is like quilted stainless steel appliances. It is glorious. It is like living in a dream and you can actually see it sometimes. It'll go to like Denver Union Station as an example. You can visit it. I actually had a friend who got the pleasure of visiting it. I myself have not. You have to either be personally invited or they have an event. And my God, my friend went and I was so jealous because the pictures were so amazing. It has a little balcony. You can sip champagne on the balcony and watch the world go by. And it's so cool. I think rail cars are a way to go. I I think rail is a thing that really needs to come back. And kind of... It does. We're not really going to be able to like go down... Onto every tributary of this discussion. Here's for, what for, I'm for, thinking. For, for, for the time th- b- here's, being. here's what I'm thinking. You want to hear me out for a second? Yeah. Here's what I think. We're at 22 minutes, which is pretty good just for trains in general. So much so and so robust is the Orient Express conversation. That would be a separate But one. I think it should be its own independent podcast. It should. You agree? It should. Yeah, I agree. Or we'll, okay, we'll, cool. we'll tackle Orient Express another time. Um, we, can, we can say that. And if you agree, rail, let us know. I agree. Yeah, rail is something that. Sure. Look, as it's required, if I have to get from New York to L.A. in about four hours, a plane is the best option. But yeah, it's quick. Right, and it's then quick. The, and then there's the option of like driving for. Uh, Which is what, what is it, seventy hours? Yes, by by car. Yeah, you know if you're going to stop and sleep every once in a while. Okay, I know I did I did the uh, uh, middle of Texas to Philadelphia in about uh, twenty four hours, and people told me I was ironmanning it. 
Okay, so well, everything these days is based but, on speed and quickness. Speed, right, what about taking rail, pleasure in the journey? Rail is an opportunity for you to go to enjoy. It's the perfect balance of and it's great for the environment. It is. It's, it's efficiently crossing, uh, you know, state lines that were going from one side of the country to the other, while you're relatively co- pretty damn comfortable. Well, yes. Uh, as as you could, so so why has that? Why has this not? Oh, I know because it's about speed and efficiency. So everything now we live in an era of how quickly can we get things done. However, I think now we're learning. Sometimes that's not as effective. I believe there is a great future in real. I really there's, do. There's a cost benefit ratio. That's why we don't have the Concorde anymore well, look, because not too many people really needed to get across the pond in three hours. Yes. Okay, so I think rail going across the country. If you're moving yourself, you're moving. You have animals. How would let me ask you? How would you feel about having a magnetic bullet train in America going from one side of the country to the other? Why don't you already have that? If you have the greatest power in the entire world, why do you guys? Japan has it. Why do you guys not have that? That seems like a larger landmass and better lobbyers. And in fact, it, I, remember, I remember when yeah. Barack Obama came into power, one of his big things on the speech that actually turned me on. I was like, I'm into this. He was like, I want to do rail and, and trains. And I was like, this is awesome. So we think about how much we're investing into fuels and cars and the horror of that whole thing. And yet, great kudos to companies like Tesla, where we're looking into electric cars. That's awesome. I That's totally fine. respect that. But I think we also need to be improving our rail system and looking back to our routes and slowing down. We're so quick now. We need everything now. Our Amazon order from Prime needs to be here tomorrow. Our thing, we jump I on the plane. This on Sunday. Why is it here on Tuesday? Right. The plane yeah. needs to be there by this time tomorrow. It's all efficiency, speed. My letter, I want to overnight it by FedEx. What happened to the joy of travel? I'm not talking about for business stuff and emergency. The, yeah. the journey, the pleasure of the movement. Balance everything place out. Place to place. Balance You're actually out. on an I'm adventure. Going within 300 miles, it might be a good time for me to get behind the wheel and do this myself. Okay, I'm going a thousand miles. But do you know about the pleasure? And, and, and I don't need to be there in the next, like, you know, two days. Yes. Take a train. Right. If but I need do to be you, on the understand? other side of the country and the other side of the planet in the same day, sure. But you have I'm to I'm not talking about things. business. I'm saying, do you understand the joy of the journey? Yeah. That's the whole The thing. pleasure of taking the time to train breathe. Train allows you to breathe and... And we as human beings are not designed to so quickly absorb things as we think, and we, we've adapted to do it. But no, I think it's unhealthy. I think it's unhealthy. It, I think at the is. end of the day, if you're going somewhere, if I'm going on a vacation, I want to like. We took a train. The biggest regret we had was we were crossing the bayou while the sun was setting, and we didn't get to experience the bayou. We wanted to see it, but we did. We did. Yeah. You know, but it was just like the last light. And sometimes you can have these moments that can stretch out over moments a longer time. Tears moment. in the rain. Right, tears in the rain. Moments stolen in time, tears in the so rain. So what I would tell you if you're listening to this and you've not been on a train before. Take a train. Please give it a go. And if you are feeling intimidated and you don't want to hop on Amtrak all the way to California or New York or Chicago, 
and that seems intimidating. Try your local routes because there are some. There are little hobby trains. Like there are steam trains. Oh god, amazing. we got one over here in Bryson City that's great for like an, a two-hour little jaunt. I think and I've heard a, about and that And it's one. an old school. Uh, it's, a, it's an it's old school train. train. Yeah. yeah, I think. I can't swear that it's Does a steam it train, but it's a little tarot on it with steam cone? I don't know. Yeah, yeah okay. so in... I've I, been on, and, and then there's trains that go around, like, different mountains that they'll have, like, a little gunfighter shootouts we have, in those things. We have one in Colorado that I will, you know, express on this podcast. I strongly think if you ever happen to be in the Colorado vicinity, you should visit. We have two. There's one, the Royal Gorge, which is absolutely amazing. But if you happen to be up and you go up to like Idaho Springs, specifically Georgetown or Silver Plume, and they're both ghost towns in high altitude in Colorado, they have a beautiful steam train original that you can visit. They have a wine tasting tour available on board where you can sip wine and you go over a gorge and see the beauty of the mountains. And it is, it's intimidating, but it is so beautiful in the snow. And they offer different tours. They even have a murder mystery. You can be on board the train and have a murder mystery. You can have a murder mystery on a train. You can find certain trains. There's one that goes around there. There's a place in Georgia, which I'm not trying to promote. Uh, you know, Stone Mountain, Georgia or anything, because that's basically, um, uh, you know, a bunch of Civil War generals. But I remember when I was eight, before I knew anything about anything, uh, there would be guys that would have, like, gunfights and shootouts on those things. And that was fun. You that's know, cool. You, right, like you, the childhood brain memories. Yeah, you you, yeah. you grow up and then uh, you, you, you want to take things that have a murder mystery or uh, what's Agatha Christie? That's going to be on the next podcast, the Murder on the Orient Express, Express. which is a great thing to close us up. Trains are a great way to travel, especially if you don't have to be in there within 24 hours. So we're sitting at 29 minutes. We've approached the end of this podcast. I wanted to discuss the Orient Express, but again, I feel it was too much to discuss in one podcast. That is my favorite thing. So I think we'll have an entirely separate podcast, which will be dedicated to the Orient Express. We do have another upcoming podcast which is going to be dedicated to the Gilded Age. If you've not been catching that on HBO... We're going to watch the finale tonight. It's tonight. You should definitely catch that. We will try to publish this before that. But without further ado, good night and sleep tight.